They all sought for the man. And as the classic continues, it says they went and rounded villages and terrorized villages looking for one man. They sought for the man. And as I looked at the fictional works, I said, wait, this search is more than fiction. There is a tinge of reality on the search for the man. We are looking for the man everywhere, and this question is troubling men. This question is troubling boys. This question is troubling preachers. This question is troubling young ladies. Everyone is looking for the man. Where is the man? I said the search is real, but the search is getting desperate. Have you ever looked for a real man until you're desperate? I don't know what you're thinking about, but you know, a time comes when young men are looking everywhere for a man who can be a role model in their lives and they can't get one. The search gets desperate when young ladies are looking for a young man who is sincere, honest, and has integrity at the pinnacle of his character. There is none. The search is real when we come to the church and everyone is looking for the man who can stand for right though the heavens fall and we find no man. In fact, like the fiction story, there are false leads everywhere. You think you have found the man only to find you found the image of the man. The kind that breaks people's hearts. And they want to read texts like Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. But Jesus didn't say that you have to break the hearts. But the search for the man is real. And, and every time as we look for the man, when we look for the real man, the search is so real. And, and the moment comes when everyone says, this time around we have found him. We have found the real man. This one is per excellence. This one has all the characters, we, all the characteristics we are looking for in a real man. And it becomes difficult when we get to the point when it doesn't turn out to be real. Allow me to read, for this is profound. Ezekiel chapter 22. And reading from verses 23, the Bible says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, Say unto her, Thou art a land that is not cleansed, not rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Like a roaring lion ravening the prey, they have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and the precious things and have made her many widows in thereof. Her priests have violated my laws. They have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they shown difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hid their eyes from my Sabbath and I have profaned my Sabbaths. The Bible says in verse 27 of Ezekiel 23, Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets 
have dubbed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies, and saying, Thus saith the Lord when the Lord has not spoken. You feel like we are talking of Kenya today. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery. They have vexed the poor and the needy. Yeah, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Now, at a point in time when everything looks bad, the Bible says, and listen to this. In the moment of a crisis, the Bible says, and beloved, let me tell you something. When things are tough, God will always come and seek for something. Mm. The Bible says, in the moment of a crisis, when all these things were happening, when oppression was everywhere, things were tough. The Bible says in verses 30 of Ezekiel 22, And I sought for a man amongst them. You've heard the excuse, everyone is doing it. Have you ever heard of those things? It said everywhere, everyone is doing it. When everyone is doing it, I sought for a man. I like God. My God seeks for the remnant, even at a point in time when you feel like the country has gone to the dogs. No. It says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap for me, for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Where is the man? The search is real. God is still in the business of seeking for the real man. He says when things are bad, I am seeking for a man. I sought for a man. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet says in Jeremiah 5, reading from verses 1, and I read, run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and know and seek in the broad places if you can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth and I will pardon it. God says, run to and fro. Go everywhere. Go to Mombasa and seek for a man. Go to Tumsda. Seek for a man. Go and check. Is there somebody who is executing judgment and seeking for the truth? Mm. I should have asked before I started the sermon. How many men are in the congregation? Now you are careful. I should have asked before starting the sermon, now you are careful, you will even not dare put up your hand. But that's the problem we have right now. Even men are doubting that they are men. <laughs> so you ask how many men are seated here? You see somebody as if their hand has a problem. They don't know whether to put it up. What's wrong? We need men, and let me tell you, if you are not a man, that's why we have an Amo Sabbath. Today we are generating men today. After this, we have real men. We can't be here spending all this time only to end up with boys. What's that? It's expensive. It was difficult for me to get here. I had to cancel tickets twice before I got here. Then I come here and we end up with the boys. That's an expensive one. Those are expensive boys, waste. We need real men, men who will stand for God at all times. We need men who are not afraid to be called men. 
Thank you for the one isolated amen. The others are convinced they will not become men. But let's continue. Even if you are convinced, no problem. We will still continue preaching. In Genesis chapter 2, no, I, I love this. I love when the Bible begins to talk of men. When the Bible unpackages real men. The Bible is out to present to us men. But who is a man? Where is the man who is spiritual? Let me do it. This one I'll do it in four or six parts. First one, where is the man who is spiritual? And the question is, where is the man who is spiritual right now? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And reading from verses 26, this text, we've read it over and over again. And we know, we know. In Genesis 1, 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. Let's unpackage the text. God created man in his own image. Let me ask you, when you sit where you sit, when you stand before a mirror, do you see the image of God? Whom do you reflect as a man? I know, and, and you know it, uh, because of the disadvantages that men are taking upon themselves lately. When I start reading a text like that, the men will say, hey, but preacher, you know you should have understood that there it meant either male or female weight. Go read. He started with creating man for a good reason. And manhood represents a lot. We, we are not just here talking about small things. We are talking big stuff. You are a man. And it says that God created man in his own image. In other words, when we look at man, we reflect, we expect man to reflect the character of God. Hey, say amen. amen. We expect you to reflect the character of God. And you know what? The reason you can't say amen to that is we are reflecting other characters. It's tough. We are reflecting everything apart from God. Hey, look at it. How many men right now want to be faithful? Hmm, very few. You are looking for every other thing that is not faithful because you know God is faithful. How many men are loving? Ah, God is love. What you have is infatuation. So many men understand infatuation. Very few understand love. But that's a problem. We are not reflecting the character of God in our lives. As men, we need to reflect. We were created in the image and likeness of God. When you meet a man, you should know, I have met God. Imagine. As in, we expect. When we meet you, that, that's why you see, ladies really trust men, because they expect you should be representing God. In fact, I dare say, 
Men, you are expected to give spiritual guidance. This issue of saying, I don't know what happened. What is that? How? As a man, we expect you to know what you should do. Real men stand for God, though the heavens fall. They will stand for right. They will do what is right. That is true manhood. And on Amos Sabbath, we need to remind you that real men are spiritual. Because he was created in the image and likeness of God. And I say, a real man must stand somewhere on a daily basis and assess his spiritual standing. You must go somewhere to your own corner and check what does my spiritual meter, meter read today. And that's why when you go back to Genesis chapter... Uh, no, no, let, let me read for you this. In Genesis chapter 3, listen to the big question we always read in Genesis 3. Genesis 3, and reading from verses 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? A real man must have a daily assessment of his spiritual position because God can come at any time and ask you, Where art thou? God is interested in knowing where men are. Here we are, comfortable with surviving spiritually, not living spiritually. You, you know spiritual survival? It, it's the moment whereby you, you, you can wait for seven days and you say, oh, it's Sabbath. Can we go? And you arrive on Sabbath and you sit there, do nothing, Nothing, at the end of the day, you live here, spiritually massaged, then you go. Wait again for another one week, come back. And it has become a routine. If you are asked at the end of the day, what did you learn in church today? Nothing. Can't remember anything. Real men are expected to be spiritual. And I say this confidently because I say God will one day come looking for you and God will ask you the question, where are you spiritually? Because God is interested in what men are doing. The book is Patriarchs and Prophets, page 54. And in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 54, I, I, I love this quotation. You know, there the, are the certain quotations you read and, and you smile. But I, I love this one in Patrick's and Prophets 54, talking about the fall and, and, and Eve, talking about Eve. Now listen to this, what it says about Eve in 54. The angels had cautioned Eve to beware of separating herself from her husband while occupied in her daily labor in the garden. With him, she will be in less danger from temptation than if she were alone. Listen to that. The angels cautioned Eve against leaving the husband, the man. With him, she will be in less danger of falling into temptation. Hey, let me ask you, a man in the congregation, when the daughters of Eve in the present time are with you, are they in less danger or more danger? <laughs> when is it dangerous for them to fall into temptation with you or without you that's why at times you pray God keep them single because <laughs> they are no real men they are no real men who can take care of men in these days God has given you a girlfriend do you know how many don't have 
the people you were praying for girlfriends, they don't have. You, God has given your girlfriend. Instead of being responsible, what are you doing? Making her twofold the child of hell than yourself. What's that? That's not being a man. That's being a coward. That's being a boy, small child. Hey, preacher, get slow. We will not invite you again. So what? <laughs> Eve was told that if stay around Adam, you will not get into temptation. Please, real men, we expect that when a lady is around you, any person who is around you, not only a lady, any person around you should not fall into temptation. Be responsible, spiritual. That's what it means to be a man. God expected. In fact, I didn't see that the angels cautioned Adam that stay away, that don't separate from the lady or else you will get into. No. That wasn't a caution on Adam. It was a caution on Eve. In fact, I dare say, have you realized that right now, those who are more spiritual are the ladies more than the men? Statistics are not wrong. Even go to your home churches, I know. You find very few ladies very few men in church and more ladies. What is the problem? I can tell you where the problem is. Men are patterning themselves after the God of this world. Men are picking the image and likeness of the devil and rejecting the image and likeness of God for which they were created. It's high time. Men, where is the man? It's a big question. In fact, I want to finish this. Not the sermon. I'm finishing just this part. It's good to remind you. Or somebody's like, hey, sh- please, you're done. I'm not yet done. <laughs> I said there are four points. I'm still in spiritual. So we are still getting somewhere. In fact, listen to this. In, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and reading from verses 13. For Adam was formed first and then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Listen to that. Adam was not deceived. The woman was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. Hey, real men, listen to me. This issue of blaming ladies for the things you've committed must stop. This issue of blaming everyone for the things you've committed must stop. Adam was not deceived. <laughs> Pen of Inspiration puts it this way. In Patrick's and Prophets, that classical book puts it that Adam saw Eve and saw that Eve had committed transgression. But Adam thought for himself, Eish. The way Eve is beautiful. Ah, if we are to die, let's die together. <laughs> it could even be that God did not mean it. Imagine. If we are to die, let's die together. Imagine. In fact, the message of the remnant says that Adam did not think that from where God brought Eve, God could still bring another. Oh, preacher, put it in your way. I think of it, Adam did not think that, hey, wait, I've only lost one rib. I have 13 more. <laughs> As it, even, if, even if it is ribs that brought the woman, God can still take another rib and another rib and another rib. You stay faithful to the end. Oh, preacher, make it a bit more modern. Okay. 
When you are dumped, God can bring another. So don't worry. When life is tough, listen, this issue, this issue of giving up on life as a man has to come to an end. Uh, man was created to reflect the image and likeness of God. Hey, please, real men do real stuff, okay? You study prophecy. You, you, you can't be a man and you don't even know the metallic man. That is metallic man, not woman. Look at that. Imagine. Daniel chapter 2. And here you are, a real man. You know nothing in prophecy, nothing. Hey, even just know that Jesus is coming again. Talk about it. A real man, we expect you to be spiritual. And by the way, spiritual is not religious. There's a difference. Spiritual means you have a connection with God. You are connected to the Savior. Constantly have some relationship with God. You'll understand many things. Genesis chapter 2. And reading from verses... Nineteen. Now let me start from verses 16 all the way to 19. Then I explain. For God expected man to be intelligent. God expected man to make decisions. God expected man to represent him when it comes to intelligence and decision making. Genesis 2, reading from verses 16. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, No, 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 let me skip that. Let me go to verses 19 first. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever Adam called every living creature that was the name thereof look at it I said man must be spiritual but man must be intelligent intelligent you can't sit here and, and, and expecting that you're, you're just going to be failing exams and we understand you are a man. I know, I know. That's why you are at the university. And you're saying, preachers, stay, stay religious, yes. But you're at the university. Pass your exams. Real men pass exams. Not failing and explaining that, you know, uh, I, 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 was, I, I was a choir trainer, so it should be understood, I'm the chairperson, I am busy, no. By the time you are being selected as chairperson, we knew you were going to be busy, but we knew you are up to the task. Real man, intelligent. Did you read there that God told him to name the animals, and whatever he named, God did not edit Real men are intelligent. As in, you represent God. God would have named this animal cow. Adam names cow, and God says, that's what I wanted. Imagine. Real men represent God well everywhere. 
In fact, I know you're thinking, but preacher, you're stretching your imagination on the intelligent part. Wait. When we are looking for the real man of God, he is intelligent. You can't be here at the university and you're not intelligent. And you want to sanctify mediocrity. It's bad. <laughs> you want to make it to look holy that you're failing exams. No, it's not. <laughs> we are the heads and not the tails. It is there in the Bible. You can say, but you know, you know, these things seek ye first the kingdom of God. I understand you think we are not. That all oh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. When you seek first the kingdom of God, you are living on earth. You must prove to us what seeking the kingdom has done to you on earth. And we see it. You seek the kingdom, that's why you are passing exams. In other words, tell people, because I am heavenly minded, these earthly things are simple. <laughs> Can't be telling us that, wait till you meet me in heaven. In heaven, in heaven, we are fine. Don't threaten us with heaven. But when I get to heaven, pass exams on earth. Exams are relevant on earth, not in heaven. Amen. Who wants to do calculus in heaven? <laughs> calculus is for earth. Now, while we are seeking heaven, we must be relevant on earth. That's how we represent God. When you walk among men, oh preacher, give it, give it that divine touch. Yes, I am doing that. Daniel, Daniel. Mm. Heavenly minded, no earthly good can't form that. Daniel chapter 1, reading from verse 17. And let me tell you, these people, these people are serious. When you go to Daniel chapter 1, these guys were serious. This is Mombasa. Okay. These guys were serious. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not slowing down. In Daniel 1, these guys were serious. Passing exams and they're vegetarian. You're still eating meat. And even failing exams. Please. Now, 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 look at Daniel 1.17. And as for these four children... God gave them. Beloved, God can give wisdom. Please, don't make it look like God cannot make you intelligent. As for these four, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. Knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. I know somebody is going to tell me, but preacher, you said they were given knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, but uh, I'm, I'm doing electrical engineering. You know, this is, this is a different level. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the sciences. And, and, and you start threatening us with all those kinds of things. Please, leave that aside. Leave that aside. Daniel chapter 1. Let's start from, let's start from behind so that we include even those who are in technical. Uh, in Daniel chapter 1, reading from verses 3, it says, The king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and the princess, children in whom there was no blemish, but well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, understanding science, and such as had ability to stand in the king's palace. These guys understood science. When you're not understanding, please connect with God. Could be the reason you're being taught things and you're just seeing Greek and all the others connect with God first. 
Hey, men, let's get serious. And, and let me tell you, when men are serious, even the ladies aspire. They, they are encouraged. Ladies need men whom they can reason with. Let's read the text. In Daniel 1, reading from verses 20. These guys were so faithful. The Bible says in verses 20 of Daniel 1, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his kingdom. Ten times better. Do you understand ten times better? Ten times better means power electronics. Power electronics one. The lecturer, I, I was telling some friend of mine that lecturers in Kenya are different from lecturers elsewhere. In other countries, lecturers strive to ensure you pass. In Kenya, they strive to ensure you know that they are the only ones who know <laughs> and you are going to fail. And so the lecturer comes on the first day and says, ah, all of you by fourth year, only you will remain. <laughs> As if he's the one sifting the remnant. What's wrong? <laughs> but anyway, that, that's what happens. So they, they set impossible things. I, have you ever done cut one and it's more difficult than what you thought? And, and exams has not come. This is cut one. You're being tested on three pages. And you're finding less than your age. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. As in what you get when the results are out. You look at it, you look at it. But you know what? The child of God, Daniel, when everyone is finding, you, you know you've found very little marks, you, you've got very little marks, when we have to add a number that has no value to give you a number. So you are written for 01, 06, it's tough. But when everyone is getting 09, Daniel, 99. Imagine. Everyone is getting 10%. 10 times wiser. And if you think this is a joke, let me tell you. God can make you intelligent. And God wants man to be intelligent. Listen to this in Daniel chapter 5. The handwriting on the wall. God has written. And let me tell you. Only intelligent men can read what God writes. If you hear somebody saying, even me, I've read the Bible, I don't understand. Hey, you're not intelligent. Connect. <laughs> Connect with God. In fact, somebody said, you, you see these people who, when you want to commit sin, you justify it biblically. That you oh, no longer take water, but drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. I like asking, first of all, do you have a stomach problem? You don't. But okay, so you want to use it. Did you discover the text before you started drinking? Most people, they start drinking, then they come explaining to you that even Jesus changed water into wine. But, but when did you discover that Jesus changed water? Anyway, preacher, don't go into that. Just finish for us with a man. We want to see a man. The Bible says in Daniel 5, reading from verses 9, Then... Was the king greatly troubled? His countenance was changed in him. His lords were astonished. Now the queen mother, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet and said, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts be troubled in thee, nor your countenance be changed. There is a man. 
done in thy kingdom. Amen? Amen. Now listen to this. Listen to the description of a real man. Nowadays, by the way, I, I, get, I get scared. Nowadays, what do we define as a real man? Muscles. What is that? <laughs> Muscles anyone can pick from the gym. Please connect with God first. What is muscles? And what is a real man? And you, oh, you know, you have to dress in this way. And you're dressing very funny. Nothing modest, nothing good. And what are we doing nowadays? Spending all the time reminding ladies how they should dress when men are dressing down. Imagine. I was shocked. Finding some church did a policy on how choristers should dress. And the policy from policy number one to number 13 were about ladies. Until I asked myself, when it's only ladies who are choristers. See, the skirt should be this long. The watch should be... Ladies have mirrors. They know how the skirt should be long. Let them use their mirrors. We can't be defining for you what is a short skirt, what is a long skirt, what is tight, what is loose. Ah, those are simple things. We are in church. We are discussing heavenly things. What is a dress? But, but men, men nowadays are worse than ladies. Don't know how to dress. They come here, they know ladies who have not dressed smartly. Hey, man, I'm talking to you. The general quiet is because I'm stepping on your toes, but I'm continuing. <laughs> men are dressing badly. Men are unkempt. Oh, that should be point number four. Okay. Let, let me come to it in point number four. Let me finish. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy gods in the days of your father light understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods was found in him there is a man listen to this explaining the man in verse 12 of Daniel 5 for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding and interpreting of dreams showing of hard sentences dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel hard sentences difficult ordinary differential equations Daniel understands that is the man the real man, let me tell you, you want to tell me the Holy Spirit cannot make you remember classwork. What's wrong with the Holy Spirit? But he only looks for Daniel and Revelation. That's the only thing. When it comes to classwork, such as not found. How? <laughs> God can make you intelligent. God gives knowledge. And that's why Daniel was intelligent. And look, because God knew man whom he had created was intelligent. He allowed man to be able to make decisions. Decision maker. In Daniel chapter 2, reading from verses, not Daniel, but Genesis 2, 16 and 17. When you read there, it says that in the midst of the garden, the Lord God told man, Adam, don't eat. In the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. You know what? He told man, don't eat. In other words, he told man, make a decision, choose. Please, man, we are asking you to choose. We are going to choose for you. We can force you. You must choose what you want to do. Choose who you are going to be in life. That's why God says, make a decision. Can't say spoiled for choice. You are a man. 
A man is not spoiled for choice. A man makes a decision and goes by that decision. That's why I told you earlier in the sermon, a man is not a crybaby. You know what a crybaby is? Oh, I couldn't help it. I don't know what happened. A man must know what happened. What happened? You must know. If you've stolen, you must know I stole and it is wrong. Admit. A man does not give excuses to the wrongs that he does. A man makes decisions and stands by them. And look at it. I've always said in doing an exegesis of Genesis 3.9, Where art thou? Verses 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Real men don't hide. They face their mistakes and confess their mistakes before God. And ask God for forgiveness. And tell God, God, I have sinned. I have ashamed you. God, forgive me. I want you to guide me from now henceforth. Not covering and give, blaming others. Listen to Adam. And God said, who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten of the tree from which I commanded you that you should not eat? And Adam said, the woman you gave me. Listen to that. Real men don't blame women. Real men don't blame society. Real men don't blame no one. We ain't going to blame anybody. Real men stand and say, in spite of, I am going to stand for God. The woman you gave me. You, you've heard it. Nowadays, every small thing happens to a boy. Oh, boy child is attacked. Girl child is empowered. So we are here blaming the girl child for being empowered. Imagine. Imagine. That's not being manly. Uh, you know, you love the sermon when the, the, the understanding of your name actually translates to manly. Andrew is manly. Go and do your study. <laughs> the meaning of the name Andrew is manly, so I need to represent. But you see, real men are not going to blame. We got into this mess because Adam blamed Eve. And here we are, every time. Men are blaming ladies for everything. Everything. You go commit fornication, you are asked, oh, you know, the lady was poorly dressed. What is that? But let, let's try and explain. Poorly dressed. So what is that? So in other words, you're telling me you are a man. Until poorly dressed comes, you cease to be a man. <laughs> but I was a very strong man, but if you bring a poorly dressed lady, I am nothing. I am a boy. <laughs> Imagine. Even if they decide to walk naked in tomb, you are going to stand for right. That's a real man. Don't blame ladies. We are not going to do that. And you know, you know, I had to cheat in exams because a supplementary was around the corner. No. Real men don't cheat in exams. You stand for right. You're not going to blame anyone, even if you are getting a supplementary. Get it. Get it. But stand for right. That's being a man. Real men make decisions and real men don't blame anyone. You know these people who blame everyone. Blame their parents. Oh, if my dad had done this, if my mother had done this, that's not being a man. If your mother didn't do it, ask yourself, what did God do for you? Did God make it possible for you to do something right? You've had people saying, 
Oh, the reason, and, and right now it's becoming popular. I don't know whether it started in this university or it's happening around Mombasa. But it's becoming popular. People are getting into this gay culture and homosexuality and lesbianism. I, I remember at one time I was warned, oh, preacher, if you continue talking about these things, you need to be sensitive. You know you may never get employed. Mm. I have to say the truth. But let me tell you, it's becoming bad. We have people getting into homosexuality and everything. And what do they say? Oh, you know, uh, when I was born, I was of the orientation. And, and, and they, they use big terms. Orientation. What is orientation? <laughs> you see, when I was at the university, orientation were planes and such kinds of things. Oh, and, and they, they make big, big, big terms. Right now, can you imagine that when a homosexual declares that they are homosexual, they say that they are being bold, they are coming out. And everyone is cheering. Hey, those of us who are not must be bold to say the Bible says it is wrong. Let's come out and say it is wrong. Why are you afraid of saying the truth? It can't be like that. And here, men are blaming everything. You know, I was created like this. I found myself having girlish tendencies. And girls are claiming I found myself having a tomboy tendency. Let me tell you, whoever created you can correct it. If you found yourself with those tendencies, go back to Jesus. Tell Jesus, there is something you did. I think it was not perfect. <laughs> because God, I don't understand how I have an attraction to males when I am male. And you said it is not fit for man to be alone. And you gave man a woman. So God, help me. God can help you. Don't blame. God can help you. Ah, oh, preacher. Aren't you getting tired? Why should I? God created man. Where is the man who is responsible? God wants men to be responsible. And as I talk about men and responsibility, in Genesis chapter 2, and reading from verses 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Two things. To dress it and to keep it. I told you men, this time around, when I'm leaving this place, you must be dressing smartly. It's not only you are, you are threatening us with the ties and black and white on Amo Sabbath. Please make every day Amo Sabbath so that they can dress. <laughs> By the way, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame when you find men are poorly dressed, even in the course of the week. Poorly dressed. It's bad. Today it's an Amo Sabbath. You, you picked the wrong speaker, I think. <laughs> you are in trouble. It's an Amo Sabbath. Men must dress smartly. And let me tell you, dressing smartly is not expensive. I didn't say men must dress expensive. Just dress smartly. Dress in such a way that when I look at you, you are representing God. You are not representing all these other worldly people. Who are your role models when it comes to dress? How can you be a child of God and you want to dress like a secular musician? How? Explain. You're a child of God. Your hairstyle is like a secular musician. How? 
I know you're saying, oh, but preacher, it's because you have a bald head, so what? <laughs> At least mine is simpler to keep. I just allow it to grow. It doesn't grow. But let me tell you something. You see, the problem is you who has more hair, God trusted you with more hair because he knows you can take care of it. Don't disappoint God. And we've seen it, young people, nowadays, you're starting slowly by slowly, walking into, uh, and then you know, you know how you do it nowadays. You come to church and you pretend like you forgot to comb your hair. And you're going in the direction of dreadlocks. <laughs> so day one, you just forgot to comb your hair. And you come, and, and we pretend, we pretend, like we've not noticed. Day two, you, you forgot to comb your hair, but the sermon is so serious, so you are twisting them. And you're watching. But by the fifth day, you are coming with the dreadlocks to church, and you dare the preacher to talk about it. And you think it's cool. Because the ladies out there think it's cool. No, it's not. Ask yourself, what does God think is cool? You're saying, but preacher, show us a text. Nice. Show us a text. I will. <laughs> That's why you come for afternoon studies. Think I have only five minutes in the morning and then you ask me show us a text for hair. This is not hair time. Now listen. <laughs> Man, to dress the garden, to take care of it. In other words, God placed in man responsibility. God trusted that man can be responsible. When we are planning to organize for an Amo Sabbath, this thing, the people who should be at the forefront, we should see men. I'm getting worried nowadays. Too many things are being organized by ladies, and I'm not against ladies. If it was an Alo Sabbath, I would have preached differently. Today is Amo. Too many things are being organized by ladies. Everything. Men know nothing, nothing. I've seen even evangelistic campaigns. You only have two or three men who are overzealous. They are the only ones who know SOP and a few things. Then the rest, deacons and deaconesses are the ones who are many, organizing transport, organizing what? Imagine. Can't be like that. Men must become responsible. And that's why we live in a generation where men have become irresponsible and they're looking for ladies who have money. Shame on you. <laughs> At all this time, you grew up strategizing how you will marry a lady who has money. What's that? Please, if God blesses you with a wife and your wife has more money, come during family life. We will teach you how to handle that. But until then, work hard. Men must be responsible. In fact, Adventist Home, talking about men, says that no man is without excuse for having financial inability. Men, you are judged also by the money you have. It's tough. It's tough being a man. We start from a tough point. They look at even. But, but, but look, did you read here that Eve, you shall dress the garden? Man. Man was commanded to dress the garden. Responsibility rests on the man. And man is expected to be responsible. And that's why, as a young man, develop yourself. Develop some skills. Have something you can hold on to. We expect as you grow, have some skills you know here and there. In fact, education, page 216. Listen to this. Because we have a generation of young men who are irresponsible and careless. 
Education, page 216, says that home training must be taught even to the boys. Young men, and this is Sister White saying that young men must know how to make their beds. Young men must know how to wash dishes. You can't be a man, you ate food yesterday and that plate is still dirty in the sink until the next day. Then you say, you know, we are men here. <laughs> that's not being a man, that's being an hygienic. God loves cleanliness. And, and listen, Education 216 also says that a man must know how to prepare meals. I get worried about universities. It doesn't happen in tomb, okay? What I'm going to say. But in some universities out there, young men are strategizing how to go eat at their girlfriends' places. Imagine, imagine, it happens. And, and I, like telling, I like telling young ladies, please, don't do wifely duties when you are a girlfriend. As a girlfriend, stay on your lane. Just do the things that a girlfriend should do. A girlfriend is a friend who is a lady. So listen, only do those responsibilities that girlfriends are expected to do. Can't be doing the things that wives are doing. Why are you cooking for this guy? This is not even your husband. You're busy cooking for them. Guys in campus, cook for yourself. Ladies in campus, cook for yourself. Meet here, all of you satisfied you've eaten. <laughs> because let me tell you, when you start cooking for these boys, when you start cooking for them, they will demand more than food. They will demand more than that. So please, one of the ways to keep yourself pure as a child of God, cook for yourself. <laughs> if you want to eat what the ladies have cooked, come for potluck on Sabbath. Apart from that, don't go to eat in their rooms. But men must be responsible. Sister White says you should know how to cook. It's necessary. Men must be productive. Productive. Multiplying and, and, and doing things. Providing solutions. That is what we expect of real men. Oh, for the constraint of time, I get to those points, I say, okay, how do we finalize this? But we need, we need real men. The greatest ones of the world. That thing is sung like a mantra in the Adventist church. It's a want of men. Listen, we didn't even say the want of women. As long as we have the right kind of men, women will toe the line. But then let me tell you, when you see women disturbing, it's because they are looking for real men. That's when they disturb. When real men, and let me tell you, a real man is not the man with the base. A real man is the man who represents God in his life. As in you stand here and you tell people, listen, God has said. Even the lady will say true. God has said. Ah, it was the last Sabbath. Last Sabbath I had an interesting one. I was at University of Nairobi, and then they were they were asking these questions. You know, at the university you ask interesting questions, and they were asking, "Hey, preacher, uh, it was a music Sabbath. Oh, preacher, is it right to, to to pick some lines from songs of Solomon as pickup lines when you want to get a girlfriend?" Then I told them, "No, it's not right. It's not right." Because Solomon was not writing to the girlfriend. Those words are for your wife. 
So you only use them for your wife. <laughs> and then, and then I, I, had, I had the men, and I had the, the questions were still there that, okay, but can we use words from some secular love songs and put them for these ladies? Ash, deception is real. Now let me tell you, I sit back and I say, men, oh, ladies don't listen to this, but men, listen to me. Men, this is a good pickup line. If you want, you, you know, as, as a real man, stay close to Jesus to the extent that when a lady is looking for a guy, they can't reject you. They can't. Who rejects Jesus? Who? <laughs> Who? No. Who rejects Jesus? You see, the problem is you are so close to the devil, to the level where even if you say those lovey-dovey things, the lady looks and says, uh-huh. <laughs> but let me tell you, when you are so closely connected to Jesus, any person you speak to, you tell them, you know what? I have connection with the Father. The Father has talked. And when the Father addresses me to come talk to you, it's true. <laughs> but you hear, you're talking to a lady and the lady looks at you and says, no, this is you. You and your God is the devil. The way you're talking to me, you're strategizing. I can see it in your eyes. You know, ladies have a sixth sense. But then let me tell you, guys, when you think you've played a lady, when you think you've, you've played a lady, just know one thing, you've played yourself. They have a sixth sense. They just allowed you to make a fool of yourself. Then after that, they say, mm, that guy is not even a real man. And I know here you think you're breaking ladies' hearts. You're not breaking ladies' hearts. In fact, let me finish with this point. Real man. Real man. Where is the man who is vulnerable? Let me deal with vulnerability in man as I finish. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. You see, when I say real men are vulnerable, I mean this. Not that real men will be trapped. No. They are vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. In other words, real men are not so hard that the Holy Spirit cannot touch them. They are vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. God can speak to their hearts. You see, it's not being a man when you say, Preacher, I don't care what you've said today. I will continue being what I was before. You're not a man. Real men listen to God when God speaks to them. They say, here I am. A real man is a man who can hear God speak to him and God tell him, you're doing one which is wrong, you're doing two which is wrong, you're doing three which is wrong, and you need to start doing one which is right. And the real man says, God, I have heard you, I will do it. It's real men who turn and say, I will follow thee, my savior. That's a real man. Real men respond to the call of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 21, let me read that. Matthew 21, reading from verses 44. Real men are truly vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 21, reading from verses 44, it says, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but whosoever it shall fall, it will grind to powder. Listen, real men fall upon Jesus and they are broken. And all the hard and the rough edges are smoothed. But let me tell you, if you want to go it rough, wait. But then let me tell you. Hey, uh, question to men. How many of you cry? Cry, cry, as in you've ever cried. Okay, don't put up your hands. 
You're behaving like, no, I don't want to say. But real men can cry. Preacher, explain. You're making us weak. Now this is it. You see, because of the notion that men don't cry, people have mistaken this, and men nowadays are doing rough things just to prove that they are men. So when you are afraid, and by the way, let me tell you, when you see and you hear that, oh, a guy beats the wife, that guy, it's not that he was strong. Strong men fight with men. Strong men don't beat women. They don't. If you're strong enough, go to, your, go to your level. Play in your league. Go look for other strong men. Beat them when you're a strong man. Real men don't beat their wives. When you see a man beating the wife, listen, that guy is a coward. That guy is a coward. And, and how cowardly he is, let me explain to you. He cannot speak with his mouth. He cannot argue articulately. He cannot present his case well, so he has to use his hands. I said, that's a coward. I have a young daughter. My daughter fell ill yesterday. That's why I, I, I had to come late. My daughter fell ill yesterday. And uh, having fallen ill, she, she's young somewhere here. But my young daughter at times, at times throws tantrums. Don't give her something, she falls on the ground and rolls over. Hey, real men don't throw tantrums. That's childish. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I behaved like a child. But now, I am become a man. I have put away childish things. So listen, while I'm saying real men cry, but they don't behave childish. You don't throw tantrums. While you are emotional, you even know how to control emotions. Don't come here, everyone. You are an emotional wreck. You are not an emotional wreck. Let me tell you, Jesus wept. You've read that? So men cry. Jesus wept. So who are you? If even the real man, Jesus, wept. So real men also understand emotions. And let me tell you, one of the reasons men are depressed is because they can't cry, they can't share, they bottle it up. And nowadays, by the way, if, if, if you try to share with somebody, you know things are tough, and they tell you, ah, be a man, that's a small thing. <laughs> they're lying to you, they're lying to you. When they are having a problem, they, 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 they are feeling bad. And that's why I know of men who, because of that, they become emotional wrecks, jumping from hurting one person. They keep on hurting people one after the other because they are hurt. We normally say hurt people hurt others. Those who have been hurt, they're in the process of hurting others. Let me tell you, real men must learn to cry at the feet of Jesus. They have to come to the feet of Jesus. And they have to admit when things are tough, they have to learn to admit. You don't have to be macho and do things just to prove that you're strong. I've, I've always seen uh, men who are cowardly and what do they do? They get into drugs. You, you've seen it in campus. A guy cannot be able to talk to anyone. Doesn't have good points to even share with fellow men. What does he do? Drink. They know when you are drunk, you, anything you say when you are drunk, it's assumed that because you are drunk. No, those are cowards who must be intoxicated to speak. Real men who are under the influence of God don't have to be intoxicated. They can speak without intoxication. And why? Because God gives them what to speak. 
Where is the man? Is the big question I ask today. And as I ask this question, I dare say, the man, the man, the man, where can we find the man? Let me finish with this one. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. This, I, actually, this, is, this was a big question that gave me the sermon title. In Genesis, Genesis 41, reading from verses 37. And the thing was good in the eye of Pharaoh and in the eye of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Where can we find such a man as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? That's what we are looking for. Beloved, we are looking for a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Let me tell you, you know you've made it as a man. When even the heathens can point, where can we find a man like this? A man in whom the spirit of God is. You know you've made it because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And, and this is it. You know men, men always seek preeminence. Men always seek to be the best. You know that, isn't it? That's why when you're playing football, everyone wants to be the top scorer, even the goalkeeper. You know it. It's, 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 it's being a man. I, I remember everyone wants to play number nine in the team. Because you think number nine will score. No, you're the one who will score. If you have no skills, even if we put you in number nine with a goal only, you won't score. <laughs> but let me tell you, how, where can we find a man? Because every man wants to be the best man. Let me tell you, this is true. Even you who is looking at me and you are pretending to be humble, listen, it's not that you are humble. You want to be the best. Even in humility, be the most humble. You still want to be the best. And so the question is, where can we find this kind of a man? Listen, this man must have the Holy Spirit. In finding a man, today I present to you the solution to the problem of where is the man? It is because most men have not found the Holy Spirit. Let's look for the Holy Spirit. Let's look for God. When you find Jesus, you're sorted. Sorted. You're a real man. Listen, Jesus with poverty, I've not said that you'll be poor, brother. But Jesus with poverty is better than riches without Jesus. Even if you're poor and you have Jesus, let me tell you something. You're a man. It's only that riches are still waiting for you ahead. If you failed exams and you have Jesus, listen, you are intelligent. It's only that the questions that were asked this time were not the ones you revised for. Let them bring the next one. <laughs> if you are with Jesus and you find yourself that things are not working out, you don't have money, you don't know where your next meal will come from, relax. The question is, do you have Jesus? If you have Jesus, you're a man, you will not die. God will surely provide. If you have Jesus and you are single and life is becoming difficult, you are in fourth year and you think you will be single forever, relax, relax. It's not a problem. It's not a crisis. The fact that you're single means God wants you single to the glory of God. So listen, just be single to the glory of God. And after you've sorted everything, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added. 
If you have the kingdom, all the things will be added. That's it. Where is the man who is responsible? Where is the man who is vulnerable? Where is the man who is a decision maker? Where is the man who is intelligent? Where is the man who is spiritual? Where can we find such a man in whom the spirit of God is? The search is still on. Please, I dare put it this way. Let me now make the sermon more direct. God is looking for the man. And you know what? God is searching. You have the answer to God's question. That, that's the beauty of this. God is asking, where can I find a man who can stand for me today? You have the answer to that question. You and I, let's not fail God. Let's not fail God. Let's represent manhood in the best way. And once we represent manhood in the best way, let me tell you something. Amos Sabbath, well represented and seriously taken. And let me tell you something. All the other Sabbaths, Allah's Sabbath is not a problem. Allah is the simplest. If Abu can be successful, because we don't need too much success for the women. Women are pliable. They, they, they are easy to go. They easily accept Jesus. Men are the difficult ones. Difficult. You know, you ask men, please accept Jesus. And then they think, but you know, the boys are saying. Every guy thinks it's not cool to accept Jesus in campus. Let me give you an example. Hey, come back for the afternoon session. Hey, but what are the guys talking about? That's not being a man. A real man comes for afternoon session whether he's coming alone. You don't go asking, are you also coming? No! <laughs> a real man influences the others to come. Let me tell you, you know you are a real man when there is godly influence emanating from you. As in, you can sit with five others today over lunch hour and they're saying, Esh, that preacher, we are not going back. And you're saying, if you're not going, I am going. And then they look at you, they say, so why are you going? I'm also coming. That's a real man. A real man will influence others for good. May God bless you. May God help you to be real man. Let me finish with the words of a song, very little sung but wonderful in its own way. Ah, I learned this one some years back. It's in the Adventist hymnal. I wanted to pick it, by the way, as the, as the song for the hour, but I knew very few people will sing it. Song number 615. Rise up, O men of God, his kingdom tarries long. things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Rise up courageous youth, the charge for you doth wait. Her strength unequal to her task, rise up and make a great. Lift high 
cross of Christ, tread where his feet have trod. Disciples of the Son of Man, rise up, O Church of God. Listen to that. Rise up, O man of God. The kingdom of God carries long. Bring in the day of brotherhood and end the night of wrong. So men, let's rise up. Let's bring the day of brotherhood. I'm speaking to men. Men, rise up. We must bring the day of brotherhood and we must end the night of wrong. I want us to have a dedication as men. If you think it was a trap, sit down. We are going to dedicate ourselves as men. That we are going to be men who will stand to do what God wants. We are going to be men who will represent God in the right way. This is serious. Think before you make a decision. Listen, if you sit down, it doesn't mean you're not a man. It only means you've made a decision and you're still thinking. So I'm asking, if you think this is going to be too serious for you, sit down. But anyway, since you, I, I, I know you're, you're feeling a bit shy, please don't feel shy. I, I'm not the one who is recording those who are going to heaven. Whether you're seated or standing, if God and you are fine, you'll go. But, but, but you need, this is a dedicatory prayer I am making for men. Somebody who is saying, God, I want you to help me to be a real man who will stand for the principles of what you want as a man. If you're such a person, put up your hand. I want to pray with someone. Lord, thank you. These uplifted hands are hands of commitment of men who are saying that, God, we may have misrepresented you in the times past. But God, having listened to you speak to us today, we are making a covenant with you today that, God, I want to be a committed man. Temptations will come, but God, hold my hand. There are weaknesses of the flesh that will come upon me, but God, hold my hand. That is the desire of these men who have lifted their hearts. And God, please, may you grant them victory. God, I pray that you help us to represent you well as men, because you created us in your image and likeness. And God, a number of times, we have let you down. And today, we are upstanding as men. And we have lifted our hands saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me to represent you well. That is the cry of our heart. We don't want to say much. We just want to say, Lord, help me to represent you well. There is somebody here who is a son of someone. And God, they have not represented you well in the family. God, please help this person to represent you well. There is somebody here who a boyfriend to somebody and they've not represented you well in their relationship and they're saying God please help me represent you well. There's somebody standing and with uplifted hands and uh, is a student and has misrepresented you by cheating in exams or even failing exams over and over and today he's saying God I want to represent you that men who are connected with you are intelligent and that's why somebody has put up their hands. God I pray there's someone here who is spiritually malnourished. 
There's a man here who is spiritually deficient and is suffering. And he's saying, Lord, I wish I could one day represent you right spiritually. And God, that person has stood and put up their hands. God, please get hold of that hand and strengthen them. Give us a double portion of your spirit and guide us in paths of righteousness for your namesake. God, now to the general congregation, I pray that help us to live for you. Help us to bless you. God, I pray that I help each and every one of us that we may make a decision to help the men in our lives and the men who are our friends, men who are our relatives, men whom we know that we will help them to represent you well. God, please help us do that is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you all and the Lord keep you all safe. Thank <laughs> you.